welcome to the Cosmic Cauldron with hosts Jamie and Charlotte, where we discuss spirituality, paganism, witchcraft, holistic lifestyles, and everything in between. So gather around the cauldron every Wednesday, where we brew up a new topic. Welcome back to Cosmic Cauldron, Season 2, Episode 13, which I love, by the way, for this particular episode that's going to be a little bit different than our previous episodes. And that is because I'm going to be interviewing the lovely Charlotte Wild, my co-host and best friend, about her new book. Now, this is going to be her first appearance um, speaking about her book, and we wanted you guys to hear it here first. So now that I've introduced someone you guys have definitely heard before, I'm going to turn the floor over to her and let her begin this interview. Yes, I am really excited to be doing it on our podcast first. I do have some other interviews on other podcasts lined up already, but we really wanted to make sure that my very first interview took place here because, you know, this is this is our space and it just felt right. And when I found out it was going to be the 13th episode, I was like, yeah, this is absolutely perfect. Yes, yes, I love it. And I can't wait to get started because I haven't even asked you a lot of these questions. And so I'm probably going to learn something myself. And guys, I've had a peek at her book. It is amazing. You're going to love it. So after this episode, be sure if you haven't already to go pre-order her book. You can get it. I think I got mine on Amazon, right? And yes. this is this is going into one of the questions I was going to ask. So why don't we save that um, for when I ask this question later in this episode where you can purchase this book. So I do want to start off with asking you, though, what inspired you to write this book? My inspiration for this book actually came from all the questions that I was receiving when I began to run the Instagram page for my shop, Eclectic Charge. And after a while of getting questions from people, you start to see where there are patterns, where there's commonalities and things that people aren't understanding, like particular topics or the why behind a topic. So I really took this information and these questions, even though I answered them individually, I, I knew I needed to put this in one place. There needed to be one book that I could reference and let them know where to find this information. So you start to see the areas where people are struggling to understand based on the materials that they're studying. So I really wanted to create a reference book that I could guide people to that would answer the questions and it would all be in one place. So like, for instance, some of the topics that they have trouble with are protection magic or energy work. And to me, these are very fundamental parts of a practice just in general, because one, to be able to move energy, you need to know how to connect with it. And then the other portion of that for me is protection. So I really just wanted, I wanted this book to exist. So I had to write it. 
That makes sense, honestly. I mean, and so going forward, when you get inundated with questions, you can just refer people to your book. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I'm always happy to answer questions on the fly, but I did. I wanted to have something available that would teach people, you know, because the questions I'm getting are pertaining to my particular practice and my page. And so clearly there there was an interest there and I wanted I wanted to expand on it. So I was really excited to be able to get to do this. I love it. First of all, I find it super impressive that you were able to take so many different ideas and thoughts and, you know, put them all in one cohesive book. Cause I've tried to do that in the past and I'm just not great with it. So like kudos to you for being able to even just organize it in a way that makes sense. Um, and obviously was attractive enough for Llewellyn to want to sign you, which is amazing. Um, and you've already told us some about the book, but can you tell us a little bit more about the book's purpose and what people can expect? Yeah, absolutely. So as I was saying, the book covers the foundation of a practice. Of course, it, it is a foundation related to my practice. And as I said before, it starts with the two most pertinent fundamentals of the craft, working with energy and protection magic, but then it moves on to some of my favorite topics. So I cover spell jars, I cover candle magic, divination, astrology, and pretty much all the topics that I cover in a visual format on my Instagram. And Writing this book really allowed me to discuss the why behind these topics. So I got to get deeper into those subjects. Yeah, I can certainly appreciate that. I mean, I think that's what we do on this podcast most of the time as well, you know? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're teaching on Instagram, like they, there is a cap limitation. There's only so much I can fit onto a graphic and and really make it make sense. So this was a way to to lengthen that format in a way that it covers it with more depth. And I think people will really appreciate that. I think that this is going to give your audience uh, a, a really concise way to learn more about you and, and how they can really embody the things that you're kind of giving a teaser about you know, on your Instagram, you know, um, cause you do, you love to teach and believe me guys, she will max out that, that limit, that word count. <laughs> I do. I really do. She does. <laughs> um, but they're all like, it's really well-written though, you know? And so it's, it's, I'm just excited for you to, to have this outlet, to be able to really turn that passion for teaching into something that can really reach even more people than you've been reaching with your Instagram, which was already a lot. Like how many followers do you have on Eclectic Charge? It is quite a few. I want to say it's probably about 50K there. So yeah, it's, it's, that's incredible. A, yeah. It's a lot of people. Yeah. So what did you tell me something that you maybe learned when writing this book, something maybe unexpected or that really just stuck out to you? Ooh, really, quite frankly, in writing this book, I learned how to write a book. So <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, you know, as, as we've stated, this is my very first book and I was blown away that I was able to turn this dream into reality. So 
that said, I do have to definitely credit the team over at Llewellyn and the editors for the advice and the direction that that really allowed me to make this book what it is. You know, if things weren't flowing correctly, they would give me tips on how to make this more cohesive and make it a better book and really produce a book that I'm truly proud of. So it it was a team effort, but I would say what I learned first and foremost because this is my first book, was really how to do so, how to write a book. So the title, tell us the title and what does the title mean? Ooh, yes. The book is titled Eclectic Witchcraft, Old Ways for Modern Magic, written by me. And so I guess I'll start with eclectic is defined as not following any one system of philosophy, medicine, etc., but selecting and using what is considered the best elements of all systems. Now, when I say this, I, I don't mean dipping into closed practices. I mean figuring out a way to connect with your spirituality that aligns with you. I would say the word eclectic is really applicable to my entire life, my style, my practice, my overall being. I've never really fit into a box. I've never been able to fully accept something created by someone else. And I feel like others would benefit from doing the same. Like, I know a lot of us are running from religious dogma or even religious trauma. Uh, even though this isn't my personal story, I can empathize with those pressures. And I believe religion should be customized to fit our own lives because we're all individuals. Our spirituality should bring us joy and not demands. So I believe that's the key to spiritual fulfillment and developing, you know, our own relationship with the divine. You know, I love that. And I'll tell you why this is one of those moments where I just definitely learned something. I was immediately brought back to college when you were explaining that when I took a comparative world religion class and yeah. my eyes were opened up for the first time to different beliefs, you know, systems, different practices, and it blew my mind. And ever since then, I've kind of pulled a little bit from here and a little bit from there, whatever felt right for me. Yeah. And I'm just now realizing, I guess that's technically considered, you know, an eclectic practice. And so now I can see a whole nother reason why we get along so well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so many commonalities. So I, I love that. I love the title. I love the way you practice. And I think it's going to bring a lot of value to a lot of people who feel the same way. I, I truly hope that it does. I really believe in that because for me personally, I don't think that there's ever going to be one religion that gets it right. So you really have to develop systems and, and ways to connect with the divine or however you conceptualize that energy, how, whatever that is to you, you have to find a way that you feel the connection. So, so Either when writing this book or now that it's completed, what has been your favorite part so far? I like that differentiation. During writing, my favorite part was definitely writing about astrology. And I, I'm pretty sure anybody who listens to this podcast or is already familiar with my page 
it, that that was probably obvious. <laughs> I am a <laughs> big, big astrology enthusiast. So writing those chapters were some of my favorites. And I, I go over the natal chart later in the book, but in the beginning, I go over the full moons and moon magic and ways to bring that into your practice. Now, my favorite part after was finally getting to hold my book and see it in person. When this episode goes live, we'll post some photos or possibly some videos of the actual completed project that I now have in my hand. Um, but yeah, that's been my favorite part so far. I can completely understand that. <laughs> it's got to be very surreal to go from, you know, idea to conception to, uh, you know, actual production and, and having the physical object in your hand. That's that's got to be very fulfilling. It, it is. It really is. I loved getting to hold it for the first time. I just got it a couple weeks ago. So so this is brand new and I haven't shown it yet. So I definitely need to get that out there. So tell us a little bit about your writing process. Now, I know a little bit as your best friend slash host, um, co-host, excuse me, but explain to us a little bit how you went about, you know, really creating this book. Ooh. Um, if I had to sum up my writing practice in one word, that would be determined because I locked myself <laughs> inside my little hidey hole for months. And I just wrote everything, everything that I could um, to really get it out there. And I would say that my process was more of a, a brain dump process because I knew if I didn't actually put it on paper, I wouldn't be able to go back and refine it. I would be hung up on those details forever. So I stayed put in my little hidey hole and I have to really thank my husband for convincing me that we needed this geriatric adjustable bed because it's <laughs> way more comfortable than writing at a desk for that many hours. So yeah, your bed's pretty badass. Not I do. Lie. I do. When he first mentioned it to me, I was like, are we 80? And the answer to that question, <laughs> yes, yes, we are. We yes. are 80. <laughs> yes. Who cares? It's comfortable. It's happening. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I think that's like the, the hardest part. And you can tell me what you thought the hardest part was here in a second, but like is really just getting everything, everything that, you know, from your brain onto computer paper, you know, whatever your process is. Um, and I feel like that's like part of the commitment, right? It's been a commitment for you to do that. And in the time frame that you wanted now, I mean, I suppose if you wanted to take years, you know, you wouldn't have to necessarily commit so much time, but you really did. You made this happen very quickly. So what was the hardest part about writing this book for you? Writer's block, because that truly is a thing. And I realized at that portion, I could be as determined as I wanted to be, but at times I would need to take breaks. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's pretty fundamental in sort of dislodging the, the, the writer's blocks because you'll get to a point and you're like, I have no more words. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> what is English? What, what is this language that I'm using? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes the brain just needs a break. Just yes. switch it off. 
Yes. So, so while determined really helped me get it all out on paper, I would say that those breaks in that determination were really the most vital portion to the process, the whole process. You already explained a little bit at the beginning of the episode describing the book, um, but I want to ask you directly because it's what the book is about. And I think the people want to know is what does your specific individualized practice look like? I would say that eclectic really is the best synopsis here uh, and why it's included in the title and even in my business name. So my practice includes astrology, tarot, crystals, herbs, gardening, spell jars, and candle magic. Um, So all of this is covered within the pages of my book. In the beginning stages of developing my practice, I started with with Wicca. So I started reading uh, Cunningham and Buckland and Silver Ravenwolf. And that's really the foundation of my practice, or at least bare minimum where I started. So within the book, there is a definite Wiccan influence, particularly when I discuss Sabbaths or when I discuss tools. However, as I aged, my practice itself began to become more personalized to me and how I relate to and experience spirituality personally. So much like others' practices will, my practice has evolved alongside of me. So Yeah. I mean, ultimately, eclectic is the best way to describe my practice. I have my interest and I just follow them wholeheartedly. I love it. I mean, it doesn't get much more clear than that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So how long have you been practicing? So I have only been out of the broom closet for probably about six years now. But that said, nobody was surprised when I came out. Not not a single person. <laughs> so <laughs> when I was younger, I had relationships where I wouldn't have felt comfortable uh, speaking about my beliefs. Uh, but if you looked under my bed, there was a box where you would find my books and my tarot cards and all my witchy shit. But it was it was hidden, hidden as as best as I could hide it. And that said, if somebody questioned me about my beliefs, I would always say something along the lines of, I believe in the universe, which is 100% true. I mean, and all this is if they didn't question like my wardrobe, because my wardrobe has been very occult based my entire life between the tarot shirts <laughs> and the Ouija board shirts. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, nobody was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that based on the pictures I've seen of you from your teenage years, especially. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's awesome though, because you're, you're taking something that you've, you know, obviously been interested in for quite some time and really turning it into this massive passion project that, you know, also helps people and helps people like you to understand more, which is where you were at the beginning, you know, just trying to learn as much as you could. So, you know, that begs the question then, how long have you been writing like you are today? Ooh, in the capacity that I'm writing today, I would say now 
now that I've written a book, now that I blog over at Patheos, and then I have my own blog on my website, I am definitely writing more now than I ever have been in my entire life. But but I have always, always been a writer. So more or less for public consumption that this piece of the puzzle is brand new. I would always, you know, keep my writing close to my chest. Like this, this, these were my words. I'm keeping them. Um, so it's been a really interesting process to start sharing those and start sharing my thoughts and the things that I've learned throughout the years. So it's, it's been a while. I've been writing for most of my life, but this transition over to, making it available to others. That is, that's brand new within the last two or three years. Tell us a little bit about what originally drew you to your interests and passions today, you know, witchcraft, paganism, astrology, where did that all begin? Ooh, that one is a really hard one for me to answer. Um, it was just always sort of an innate interest with the occult. I have always gravitated towards it. I would always gravitate towards that particular section in the bookstore. I I had my first Ouija board in the 90s. It was glow in the dark and it was freaking amazing. I had my <laughs> glow in the dark. It was. Yes. Yes. I I always mix it up between the Parker brothers and Milton Bradley. Um, so I had to, I had to fact check that one when I um, was writing my book. But yeah, one of those two major um, board game brands, yeah, mass produced this back in the 90s. And it was phenomenal. And my mother herself wasn't religious. So I really had the freedom to explore everything. In fact, for a time in my life, I labeled myself an atheist in particular like if I knew the conversation wasn't going to go well religiously, I would just drop that bomb and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey, you know, it, it helped get me out of the conversation. And but to be fair, to be fair, my practice itself is still non-theistic. When I said I believed in the universe, that's what I meant. I believe in the energy of the world around us our energetic connection to others and our energetic connection to everything, to everything surrounding us. So that that's really the focal point of my own practice. Yeah. So you recognize the collective, you know, how the interconnectedness of, of all things, um, both inanimate and animate, um, yes. in your particular case, because we have spoken a little bit about like animism before, yeah. Yes. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a true believer and that really resonates with me as well. You know, yeah. just being kind to the earth and all things and it takes care of you too. Yeah. I love that. So, so, I mean, you've really been feeling this way, you know, from birth, I think it would be safe to say, you know, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> now something you said earlier reminded me of, of, my best friend and I in high school, we dabbled in, in witchcraft, quote unquote. And we had a box. We had like this bamboo box, which I actually think I still have. And my husband pulled out of the garage the other day, <gasps> literally like literally four or five days ago, he was going through the garage and he came in and he's like, Hey, I want to like clean up this box. So that's really funny because 
<laughs> um, we had like candles and we had printed out some spells or something and it ended up not going very well. So we ended up throwing everything away, but I did keep that, that box. And yeah, so that's really interesting mm-hmm. that he just, just pulled that out. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to see this box. I, I really do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll show it to you. It's nothing special. And now it's like, I think it, it's like really dirty from being in the garage, but that's okay. That's okay. It just makes it more rustic. It, yeah. It looks like a freaking archeological find at this point now. It's like, don't open it. <laughs> I, 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 I would Let open the it. demons out. <laughs> it's kind of like dirt smoke. <laughs> it's kind of like all those archaeological finds where it's like a, an ancient mummy with like a crystal and you're like, don't open the tomb. But yeah. at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, well, maybe like we could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now my curiosity has peaked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How bad can it really be? <laughs> uh, I'm sure somebody has already done it already. So I think one of the cool things that we have just uncovered here is that Jamie and I both kept secret boxes that housed our practice. One thing, because because I've only been outside of the broom closet for about six years now, is that each of my chapters concludes with a section on broom closet witch tips. So this is for people who are not quite ready to practice out loud. This gives tips, sort of like me and Jamie's, you know, hidden boxes with with our our tools and our books and our resources. There, I, I wanted to also speak to the people who are not comfortable outside of the broom closet for for whatever reason, because I do understand that the term witchcraft and paganism there is still a stigma attached to that. So if you're not comfortable practicing out loud, I wanted to provide tips and tricks for you to still be able to cultivate your spirituality while maintaining that anonymity. I do think that's important because I understand what it's like not to feel comfortable telling somebody your beliefs. And I think that's a problem that you know, more than just me or Jamie had growing up, I I believe that that is still a problem that exists today. So. Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely no reason for you to feel like you have to be out loud, you know, Mm -hmm. about something like this. Um, It very much is getting more out loud today than than even in the nineties with the, you know, the, the occult and witchcraft craze, which I miss entirely. Um, <laughs> love going back and watching Charmed or Buffy oh, yes. the Vampire Slayer, you know, <laughs> my favorites. Yeah, they still run them on TV. So sometimes I get to watch them like on the live TV. It's really fun and nostalgic. But yeah, I mean, if if it doesn't feel right for you to do that, you don't have to be, you know, an influencer of witchcraft or, you know, you don't have to have your name out there. Like, like we do now at this point, you know, but even when we started this podcast, we were still pretty quiet about what we, what we do, who we are, what we believe in, not just, you know, just, we just weren't out loud about it, but we felt strongly enough to, to share what we knew with the world that we were okay with. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We had to get out of that closet. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Sort of stepping out of that shadow and putting our faces out there. And 
that in itself was, I, I'm not going to lie, that was pretty difficult for me because not only did I spend so many years practicing in the broom closet, I'm really private just in general. So to to have that page, to have this podcast, to run the business, that that was, whew, you know, just sort of ah, baptism by fire, really, really, <laughs> <laughs> really getting out there, you know? Yeah, you really just did a deep dive into what you believe in and just kind of took it by the horns and you're like, we're fucking doing this. And yeah, and I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, I mean, even in the book, I like we've discussed here earlier in the interview, I really wanted people to build a practice that's unique to them and and really personalize it. So when when we created this podcast, when I created my page, when I started my pagan business, yeah, that was really just me following these whims because to me, these whims are not random. They're not random. Like if you have something that deeply interests you, there's a reason for that. And I I really want to encourage people to pursue these things. So yeah, I mean, it's obvious that you know, even stepping out is new <laughs> for you, for me. And so it really makes me, makes me wonder, you know, like, did you, did you know that this was going to be a part of your life, you know, years before when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Is this what you envisioned for yourself? Has your life kind of taken the route you thought it was going to take or, or how, how does it look Ooh. compared to what you thought your life ooh, might be. Ooh, that is a good one. Yes. Yes. This was always my dream. I always wanted uh, a little shop, like the ones I used to go to in New Orleans as a kid. I, I was always drawn to that. I always wanted that. But that said, this isn't what I got my degree in. Although I took every religion class I was ever able to take and still work towards my degree in finance, which is boring as hell and nothing that I really wanted to do with my life. Um, but yeah, I, my prior thought was definitely that, you know, I, I needed to do this. I needed to be practical. I needed, um, this very rigid job that I wasn't passionate about. So yeah. Uh, did I, what I wanted to do and what I was actually doing were two very separate things. But as a child, yeah, I was, I would make potions. I mean, some of these potions consisted of mud and sticks and stems, but I mean, that's not too far off from where I am today. So I, it's, it's been a great opportunity to really get to live out loud to to step out of the broom closet in in the capacity that I have these past few years so there there were definitely moments in my life where I would have labeled what I'm doing now as impractical but but I don't believe that now it's sort of this paradox here because between what I wanted to do and what I believed I should do and now I've sort of merged those two. Like I still have a practical job as well, but really got gotten to where I'm comfortable leaning into and pursuing my passions. So I don't know. Definitely a twofold question there. 
Yeah, it is. It's very layered. And, and I will say this like duality though is very common because I experienced it as well. And now I finally feel like, honestly, since we started this podcast that I'm able to better blend like (laughs) those two parts of my life together into one. Um, because I think, especially if it's someone who is still in the broom closet, you know, you feel like you are living sort of a double life, this person that you really are. And this person you feel like you have to project for the world around you, whether it work or family or friends or whatever. And I think really, especially since COVID, but in recent years, more than ever, you know, it, the world has taken on this, we're, we're embracing these alternative lifestyles, if you will, <laughs> more and more to where it's like, we feel like we could be more comfortable who we are. There's less judgment among some certain groups of people in the world and more unfortunately with other groups. But, um, I feel like, you know, anybody can, can do this. And I think, you know, this is speaking to the people who feel as passionately as you have, you know, it's like, you can also go from being in the broom closet, having a finance degree to, to living your dream and, and sharing what you love with others. So, you know, something else I wanted to mention real quick, because you said, mixing mud or something earlier. Yes. And yes. I shit you not, you guys, I had another vision of me as a child and my grandpa who passed away two months ago now, but, uh, my, my grandpa's backyard under a tree, he had like this potting table. And mm-hmm. I remember being out there with my cousins and like mixing mud and acorns and sticks and twigs and calling it like squirrel feed. But in my mind, this <laughs> sounds awful. Sometimes I'd call it like squirrel poison. I knew they weren't going to eat it, but in my mind I was creating like some sort of like <laughs> muddy squirrel poison because I knew my grandpa hated the squirrels. They threw him nuts and <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I totally am seeing that in a new light now. I never, I just thought that was me and my cousins being silly, but as soon as you mentioned mud, I was like, holy shit. I remember being back there with a pie tin, one of those, like, you know, throwaway pie tins, (laughs) like mixing up mud. I, I would go back and forth to, from the house to the outdoors and, and gather all my ingredients. And I called them potions for sure. Um, but of course, you know, at at the time that I'm speaking of in my life now, like I was in elementary school, I didn't actually know what I was doing. Um, but, but now when I look back, I'm like, "Eh, you weren't too far off, baby girl. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so crazy how things come full circle like that. And you can see things in a different perspective and you're like, okay, like, you know, my interest in crystals, you know, when I look back and think about all the conversations with my grandparents, they used to go mining for gems and they made wire wrapped jewelry, crystal jewelry, you know, and it's like, okay, that seed was planted long before I realized really what was going to come of it. Um, And I'd say the same thing happened with your book, you know, all these seeds were being planted throughout your whole life that culminated to this, this moment where you now have created this beautiful roadmap for how to have an eclectic, you know, witchcraft practice. And, and I love that. So what do you want your readers to take away from your book? More than anything, what I want readers to take away from this is a sense of confidence in their own abilities. So sure, yeah, this book is a sneak peek into my own practice. Yes, but 
you know, something that we've said on this podcast time and time again is to take what you need and leave the rest. So I I really want them to become secure in themselves and realize that their interests aren't random. These these passions, their their communications from, you know, our higher selves, our guides, the universe, you know, whatever you want to identify that energy as and it's really vital to pursue them. Like I want them to understand that there is not a one size fits all spiritual practice. True spirituality and connection comes from understanding this, understanding yourself and really curating a practice that you find spiritually fulfilling. It all comes back to you and you really just have to one, Get acquainted with yourself and to pursue what interests you. You will build a practice that you find true divinity in by by doing so. It needs to be something that you relate to. People are so diverse. Like we come from different backgrounds, different cultures. We have different life experiences and there, there's no way to fit all of us in these neatly little square boxes. That That's not going to happen. You really need to pay attention to what drives you, what, what piques your interest, all of those things. You know, like I said, they're not random. That That's your intuition or again, however you want to identify it, really guiding you to where you need to go. I love that, Charlotte. Thank you so much for sharing so deeply, you know, your your process and your book and really how it came to be. I think we all can't wait to have a copy of it in our hands for ourselves. So on that same thought, where is your book being sold? Where can people purchase your book right now? Ooh, okay. So right now it is available for pre-order on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, directly at Llewellyn. And I've seen it at a few other locations. Like, of course, of course, I'm really excited for this to come out. So I have been Googling the hell out of my book and I've seen it at some smaller locations as well. But those are the the three biggest names right now where it is available for pre-order. Now, because I'm curious and I'm sure other people are curious as well. Do you have any plans for future books right now? You know, I am constantly writing. So I know that there is another book in there somewhere. So I believe that I'll continue in in the, the nonfiction spirituality genre. But... I do know right now that I have had a fiction novel like pinging around in my head for the past five years and like these characters are coming to life for me. And yes, it is witchy as well. Um, so of course, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but I'm completely open to writing another book in this genre. I don't have one on deck right now, but I I will definitely be continuing writing books because I, I realize that this is my ultimate passion is to be able to to be an author, no longer just a writer, because that's that's sort of the thing. Like, am I a writer or am I an author? And I, I'm not 
I've not completely switched the, the those words in my vocabulary, but yeah, I, I believe that being an author is the direction that my my life is going towards. Absolutely. I can see that for you. Anybody that knows Charlotte personally will tell you she has all of the makings of being like a writer, like hauled <laughs> up in her hidey hole with her yes. velvet plush blankies and <laughs> a bottle of water and a computer. And she is perfectly happy living her life like that. <laughs> I do. I have all the trimmings. This sort of reminds me like, like working in accounting. I was like, no. I fit the criteria. I, I'm I'm sort of antisocial. I'm I'm pretty awkward. Yeah, like finance department. That's where I'm at. But, but <laughs> even more so, even more so, an author. Well, I love it. I love this whole interview. I cannot wait to finish reading your book and have my copy in my hands. And one last question for you. Yes. Are you going to be doing any autographed books or book signings? Can people get your signature on your book? Ooh. So I do not have any set dates yet for book signing. Um, largely, I've been setting up interviews on other podcasts and we'll share them here so you know where to find those if you're interested in listening to those as well. I don't think I've discussed this on air my husband is military and we have a move coming up in four weeks. So I haven't been able to set an exact date for signings, but I will have these books available on my website as well as signed copies too. So that is www.eclecticcharge.com. And yeah, I will definitely be posting those as soon as I get them in hand and you'll be able to purchase signed copies for me on there. Woohoo! Love it. Nothing is better than a fresh book signed by the author that you can treasure forever. Yes, I have I many. Yeah, I've got many signed copies that I absolutely adore. It, it to me, it makes them more special. So, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you again, Charlotte, my dear friend slash podcast co-host slash author. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for interviewing me. We did this, of course, because we wanted the first interview to be here, but this is the first interview I have ever done in my entire life. So I'm really, really glad that Jamie was the one to, to be the interviewer here today. I am honored, absolutely honored. And if you guys have made it this far in the episode, please go over to her Instagram at Eclectic Charge and just say hi and tell her what you thought. You can also come over to the Cosmic Cauldron, of course, because we love to see correspondence there as well and say hi and let us know what you thought of this episode. Yes. So until next time, blessed be. Peace out. Thank you.